using this passage as a sounding board to examine what my anger is rooted in. And when I examine what my anger is rooted in, I can let the Lord deal with whether it's righteous or sinful. Welcome back to Study with Friends, a weekly dive into the questions and answers we find in the Bible, the church, and the broader Christian faith. I'm Paige, and today we are continuing our study of the Sermon on the Mount. The format for this study is different in that it's an eight-week program with five daily segments designed to help you take a much deeper dive into Jesus' words and their application for your life. This is currently week five, but you can find the previous week's recordings, the homework, and many more resources all on our website, studywithfriends.org. So week five, day two. So what we're going to do today is look at the passage that might be labeled in your Bible under murder. So it's probably a good quick note to say this leans on the passage before which is Christ and the law, Matthew 17 to 20. And we talked yesterday about how that intersects with the rest of the sermon, what he's doing in the rest of the sermon to deepen our understanding of verses 17 to 20. I think it would be appropriate and probably really useful that if before each day of the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, you read Matthew 17 to 20, because it is such a hinge point on what he's trying to accomplish. So to read this passage, I'll ask you, Cheryl, to read Matthew 5, 21 to 26, which is our passage for today. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you were going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you will be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. We said it a little bit yesterday, but I want to say it again today. What is he doing in this particular passage? He starts with, you have heard, but I say. So tell me what that what that's about. And then what's he doing specifically with this commandment? Well, he, he's again magnifying, you know, on the surface, you should not murder, but it goes beyond that. Mm-hmm. You commit murder in your heart when you're hating on somebody mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're you're angry within a unrighteous sense. And it's, gosh, so hard. <laughs> yeah. So hard. Right. Um, well, we get angry not, at everything. Not, it, yeah. I mean, kingdom <laughs> commitment is not, Jesus isn't throwing softballs here. Mm-mm. Kingdom commitment is serious. You mentioned anger. Do you guys see anything else in this passage? So I think in the church, when, when, when this is preached on, that's it's exactly what you just said. You commit murder with anger. Anger is the same in in the eyes of God. That you said it beautifully. Um, one of you said it really. I think it was you that it's it's not loving. Mm-hmm. It's a sin because of all those things. What I noticed as I was really digging into this passage is there's actually more than anger here that Hell Jesus yeah. is condemning. What yeah. are some other things that you noted in this passage? Uh, Ryan, read, uh, just to help us out, read mm-hmm. please for me, Matthew 5, 21 and 22. So I'm going to just give us a cliff note. This He's expanding on the sixth commandment of the 10. 
And is there anything you notice in those two, that smaller segment? So read it and let's see if we can find. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. Okay. What else did you, it's so good that she read from a different translation mm-hmm. too, because mine says different words. Mine says raka, mm-hmm. which what the heck does that even mean? So that's not super helpful, but apparently it means empty head <laughs> or. I think a good translation is moron. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So that's so clearly an insult. Okay. So, so what do we see in, in verse 22, aside from anger that Jesus is condemning? Speech, speech like, are, are dishonoring yeah. brothers and sisters. Yeah, insult. Mm-hmm. Um, can I say something I think that actually is also included in this? Mm-hmm. Gossip. Because if I'm gossiping about you, I'm demeaning you. That one hits home a little. What we want to do is what Jesus is telling us to do, which is look deeper. What is deeper even than anger? So I can be angry at you without ever saying anything about you. So now he said, okay, I'm, I'm not murdering you. Don't do that, right? Definitely don't do that. Don't be angry. Well, that's just inside me, right? And we we need to deal with that. It's in my heart. But also, like James says, from the heart spills forth my words. Don't insult people to their face or behind their back. And so there's this deepening of like, how is it that if I'm gossiping, that is the same as murdering? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. But that's what he's doing. And so how do we respond to that? What are some, man, I mean, can we talk about, talk about that deepening? Do you agree with me that the church, when we do this passage, we mostly talk about murder and anger mm-hmm. and we don't really dig into negative speech mm-hmm. and um, insult and abuse mm-hmm. and injuries of those nature. It's almost like we're not even going deep enough when we talk about this because we churchy people, we say, oh, well, that that passage is about he, he deepens murder to anger and then we go, move on. But I, mm-hmm. I noticed there's even more than we say there. What do you do with that? I think like anger can be the root of a lot of those things like angry speech or just insulting people because you in your heart are angry with them or you could be angry at someone else who has nothing to do with that person, but you are like projecting your anger in the form of like dishonorable speech and like gossip and all those things. Yeah. So like when I find myself like being negative or talking badly about someone or about a situation, I have to be like, what is the heart issue? Like why, why am I doing this right now? It's because usually I might be angry or I'm hurting deep down. So that is how I'm releasing it. But if you deal with it, at the root it won't get to that point it won't get to you allowing yourself to project your anger in a form of speech oh my gosh this is such a fun throwback first of all great job you taught me Uh oh (laughs) the only time i was in a bible study led by you was how people change Mm -hmm. and an example that they gave in there was that shaking of you ever see this example they shake a bottle of water and say why is the water coming out of this bottle and everyone answers because you're shaking it but the real answer is because there's water in the bottle (laughs) the bottom line is what you're saying Mm -hmm. i'm shaking a bottle there's no cap on it right so but you can imagine it if i shake a bottle of water with no cap on the water's going to come out and on the surface you say to someone why is the water coming out and they might answer because you're shaking the bottle and that way they're paralleling, why did I yell at you? Because you hurt me mm-hmm. or something like that. You made me behave mm-hmm. this way. Mm-hmm. But really what the scripture is saying is your heart 
already has Mm -hmm. brokenness and that's why ugly is coming out. It's not because I'm shaking the bottle that water's coming out because if no water was coming out, I could shake it all day and it wouldn't come out. And we, we wanna blame those around us for causing us to misbehave or I was with my friends and they were all gossiping. Yes. Control it, but it still resides there. Yes, it starts in the heart. And this is exactly what Jesus is doing. Mm -hmm. I should probably give credit. That was Paul David Tripp. I think that's who gave that example or the other guy whose name I can't remember. I don't remember, Mm. yeah. (laughs) We'll put it in the credits because you should get credit where credit is due. What I'd like to talk about really is sinful anger in everyday life. So we we started talking about that. And the first thing I I think that we probably want to observe is that it's not anger itself that's prohibited. Do you think that that's an accurate statement? Mm -hmm. Eva, would you please read Jeremiah 19, two through nine and tell me how from that passage we know that anger is not what's being prohibited. And go out to the valley of the son of Hinnom at the entry of the potsherd gate and proclaim there the words that I tell you. You shall say, Hear the word of the Lord, O kings of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I am bringing such disaster upon this place that the ears of everyone who hears of it will tingle, because the people have forsaken me and have profaned this place by making offerings in it to other gods, whom neither they nor their fathers nor the kings of Judah have known because they have filled this place with the blood of innocence and have built the high places of Baal to burn their sons in the fire as burnt offerings to Baal, which I did not command or decree, nor did it come into my mind. Therefore, behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when this place shall no more be called Tapeth, or the valley of the son of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter, And in this place I will make void the plans of Judah and Jerusalem, and will cause their people to fall by the sword before their enemies, and by the hand of those who seek their life. And I I will give their dead bodies for food to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the earth. And I will make this city a horror, a thing to be hissed at. Everyone who passes by it will be horrified and will hiss because of all its wounds. And I will make them eat of the flesh of their sons and their daughters, and everyone shall eat the flesh of his neighbor in the siege and in the distress with which their enemies and those who seek their life afflict them. Okay, that's intense. Do you agree <laughs> that, that that seems to display God being angry? So if we serve a holy God mm-hmm. who is perfect and without any imperfection and he gets angry, what do we do with that? in the context of Jesus saying that angry is bad. Well, it's a big difference between God's righteous anger and the inherent sin that we have and what happens when we get angry. Oh my gosh, you nailed that. Do you guys agree? I agree. And like also remembering that the Bible says like vengeance is the Lord's. So like it's not ours. And like God however that works i don't even know but like he knows righteous judgment and we don't usually when we want to Mm -hmm. display anger it's because we want to take our own vengeance when it's righteous it's tied to justice looks like you wanted to say something else i'd love to hear it anger is not sinful in the hands of god because he's perfect there's not much righteous anger coming out of human beings that is so true and it's also about the motivation it's about honoring and upholding all that god is that's what he's angry about Mm -hmm. and our anger usually is about our own violation i mean really it's about things didn't go my way thank you you did exactly what what i was hoping which is helped set 
uh, next to each other, righteous anger and sinful anger. So I think there's a really useful passage that partners with this that helps us to understand anger that is prohibited versus anger that is accepted and in fact encouraged. And so I'm going to ask you to read that passage, Eva. It's Galatians 5, 19 to 24. Um, it's on the longer side, but let's just bang through it. And then we're going to talk about how that list provides a roadmap to identify anger that is righteous and anger that is prohibited by this passage in the sermon and, and, and elsewhere in the Bible. So would you read us Galatians passage, please, Eva? Galatians 5, 19 through 24. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So there's two words I want to raise up. First, kingdom, which is what we're talking about in this Bible study. How are we kingdom citizens? And right here in this passage, it says, here's how you're not <laughs> And then the law, which we're talking about mm -hmm. all over the place in these last several weeks, against these things, there is no law. Meaning, another way of saying that is, the law agrees with these things. Mm -hmm. So tell me off the cuff, what are your thoughts on whether this passage helps provide a roadmap for anxious, righteous anger and prohibited anger? Well, in the first section, it talks about the works of the flesh being outbursts of wrath selfish ambitions, dissensions. I associate all those with anger, jealousies, hatred, contentions, and that's like in the flesh. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering is what my translation says. So like how you would take a situation that you may be angry at in the flesh is to just outburst in wrath or allow yourself to hate the person but like if you allow the spirit to come in you like suffer long with that person like you'll have patience with them even if you're angry and you may deal with it differently or you may realize I actually don't have a right to be angry at this person because they might have told me something like called me higher in love and I got angry because I didn't want to be mm. called out in that way but I mean held you accountable yeah mm -hmm. but like having patience with them or like understanding and just allowing it to settle and being like, actually, this person did that to me because they love me and I was wrong for having an outburst towards them yeah. when they said that. It's kind of, I don't really know if that's... No, that's a great, great insight. Great insight. What you're actually saying is when my anger shows up in ways that are listed here, I can tag it as righteous or unrighteous. Mm -hmm. There's something I think that's a little deeper as we're trying to take this week and really let it sink into the heart, mm -hmm. like that's what Jesus calls us to do deeper and deeper and deeper. Mm -hmm. So any other comments on what you think I might've been looking for here? I'm not exactly <laughs> sure, but I'll take a stab. <laughs> the, the first half is um, products of our flesh and they're low level and they're contemptible and they 
they fail. The second part of it is the um, the work that the Spirit does in us um, and is a reflection of who Christ is. And anger when those things are violated or, or I don't know how to put the anger with it, but the, um, the kind of righteous anger when those um, things that are of the Spirit are violated mm-hmm. is a different kind of... Um, anger but even in that it's just it's it's really challenging because christ didn't really come to condemn so he he was perfect in all of these things and he subjected himself to the anger and wrath of people so he's he's saying i am the fulfillment of this i am the i am the righteousness of this and he's calling he's calling us to that as well but it's a really fine line this is what's great because you guys are doing something different with it, which is what I love. And then I'm going to tell you what I saw. And that's something different. That's why the group is great. Okay. I'm going to say something different. It doesn't negate what you guys said, because you're all right. The way I think about this Galatians passage is, is as a sounding board. The sermon taught me and Jesus taught me, check that. And what we're talking about today is this challenge that every time I feel angry, it doesn't mean I'm sinning. Mm-hmm. And so how do we deal with that? We got to check it. We got to check it. So I'm feeling anger. And if I use this Galatians passage as a sounding board, if I say to the scripture and the scripture says back to me, that's what I mean, that I'm having a conversation with the scripture here. Then I say to myself, I'm feeling anger. And I read this passage and he's going to lift up to me. You're feeling angry because you're jealous. Or I'm going to be self-aware enough to be like, I'm angry because I'm jealous. That is a sin. I need to confess it. I need to let God deal with it. But I'm angry about the war in Ukraine. Because God desires peace. That is righteous anger. Do you see the difference? I'm using this passage as a sounding board to examine what my anger is rooted in. And when I examine what my anger is rooted in, I can let the Lord deal with whether it's righteous or sinful. And then if my anger is righteous, I can do something to be an agent of change in the situation that has made me angry by the conviction of the Spirit. But first I have to check it. Mm-hmm. Because if I go forth in my anger and start behaving out of that anger when it's sinful, I'm going to just go down a bad path. But if I'm going forward with righteous anger and let the Lord decide for me, let the Lord convict mm-hmm. me on what's, what's the root and therefore what should be done with it. Should it be dealt with as a sin or should it be dealt with as justice? We are God's agents. So we should be moving forward with righteous anger when injustice happens, when his kingdom is not being adopted. It's our job to be kingdom agents and say, that's not how it was designed to be here on this planet. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think asking questions of ourselves is where I go a lot. What am I wanting right now? What's being violated? But that's great as a checklist. It's so good to have a list in front of me, right? And some people aren't as reflective as others. You you try to go there. What's your heart going to go? I don't know. Yeah. You know just or you're just too angry. You're too angry yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to discern it. Yeah. 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 Good. Point. I'm glad it lands. I'm glad yeah. it lands. And again, yeah. what you guys all said was also true. Mm-hmm. It's just another way to look at it. Okay. So I do want to do a little bit with the second part of today's passage, Matthew 5, 23 to 26, which is about radical reconciliation. And I'm teeing it up by telling you that's what it's about because it doesn't say radical reconciliation in that passage. Those are my words, but I'm telling you they are the truth. (laughs) It's very rare that I stand up and say, this is the truth of what's happening in this passage. I want us to get there together, but for time and also for being laser focused on it. Uh, So let's think about radical reconciliation. As Cheryl reads, Matthew 5, 23 to 26. 
So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there, remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. Is it fair? Do you think I'm, I'm okay saying that that passage is about radical reconciliation? Or do you think it's just about regular reconciliation? Let in me give our, you a better in our question. sinful self, we don't want to reconcile. We want oh, to stay sure. in our anger. Yeah. And we want, you know, somebody else to, you know, come along and be angry with us mm-hmm. too. Or we and, want vengeance, like Ryan wanna, said yeah, earlier. We mm-hmm. want to get back at that person or, or, or see, you know, justice done. Right. Um, so you're saying reconciliation <laughs> on its face is radical. Yeah. I love that. That's really good. Yeah. That's true. Okay, so tell me why, I'm going to give, give you two questions and you can play with them however you see fit. Why do you think rec- reconciliation is so important to Jesus in terms of the kingdom? And what are some ways that kingdom citizenship prioritizes or even requires radical reconciliation? Because God is continually reconciling us sinful humans to, you know, himself. Mm-hmm. And, um, that there was also that, like one action that caused reconciliation between God and man. That Jesus' death and resurrection. Right. So when we look at this passage, we have to stand on the foundation that Radical reconciliation is a kingdom cornerstone. And, and it order- requires my death. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so yeah. great, yeah. right? <laughs> the death of whatever I want, whatever I feel. Say more about that. It's radical in lots of ways because one, it's not what we want to do, but it has so many levels to it. So normally you think if I have something, then I need to deal with it. It's not, It switches it around and says, if you know that somebody even has something against you, yes. you have to be intentional. You have to be a peacemaker. Peacemaker is what Christ came to do, and it's what's required of us. And we find so many ways just to violate it or, or dumb it down or just make it tolerable. Yeah, when, or soften it. Mm-hmm. And when what he's asking us is something that rips us from the inside and is like crucifixion, but that's mm-hmm. where freedom and life comes from, mm-hmm. is that kind of work in our lives. It's not an easy thing. You have to sacrifice yourself, your own desires to like achieve reconciliation and forgiving people is not easy. And there is no excuse to not forgive someone like at all. We just don't have a right to hold bitterness after what Christ did for us. Yeah. And I probably heard this somewhere, but we, we forget the magnitude of, our sin compared to God's righteousness and that the sins committed against us is nothing compared to sinning against a holy God. Amen. And it's like we don't live in a country that's uh, got a king or a queen, you know, but should you sin against the king or queen, what's going to be the consequence? consequence? It's going to be pretty bad. If you sin against your neighbor, eh, probably not that big of a consequence. So we have to remember how holy God is that when we sin, we are sinning against God, even when we're sinning against our neighbor. So in the homework, um, I put a nice big chunk of space for personal reflection on how have you hurt people? Is there someone you need to be reconciled to? Let the Lord show you if you need to be reconciled or if you've been hurt. Jesus says, don't wait do it right now. Put down whatever you are doing. You're offering the things that you think you're doing for me. Go do it first. And so we'll end on that note. 
Thanks again for joining us today on Study with Friends. We hope that you've found some deep truths that will strengthen your walk with Jesus. We here at Study with Friends are modeled more like a small group, and we encourage you to find one through your local church. Make sure to find a church where the Bible is taught in every situation. Study with Friends is a completely donor-supported organization. If you've been blessed by our ministry, would you consider donating? Monthly partnerships are particularly helpful, but no amount is too small. We also love to hear from you. You can stay connected on all the major social media platforms or by email. You can find links to all of these on our website, studywithfriends.org. If you've missed any episodes and are out on the go, be sure to catch the ladies on any of your favorite streaming platform. Or you can catch the ladies via video on YouTube. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time when we study with friends.